Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back to Herd Out Sports Radio here on AM590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. We're live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. We've got some great guests joining us in the second half of the show. But, and of course, you know, once we once we get Anna here, got to do a little bit of trivia too, you know. So, um, and some picks. And some picks. We're going to do some waste management open picks as well. Um, before we get to that, though, uh, I, I kind of teased before the break that there had been some decisions made that could directly affect the future of college athletics, um, specifically with how and by who athletes are paid. And that was earlier this week, the National Labor Relations Board ruled that Dartmouth basketball players are employees of the school and basically if you're not familiar with the national labor relations board i don't blame you i wasn't either uh had to do some googling uh basically it's a federal agency that exists to enforce labor laws whether it's from the worker side from a union side from the employer side whoever so if somebody's violating those rules they enforce them much like a court would for your regular laws and and regulations and things like that. The reason this is important is because they're basically saying that Dartmouth, in this specific instance, because they're the ones that brought the case, is in violation by not treating the basketball players as employees. Now, if this is a ruling that stands, it would basically open things up for players to potentially either unionize and collective bargain or at least set the precedent that the universities can and actually should play, pay the players directly. Now, you put this in combination with a bill in South Carolina that exists for the purpose of legalizing schools specifically the, the, you know, Clemson, South Carolina, Coastal Carolina, being able to be active in the compensation process. 
to pay players directly or be active in that process, which the NCAA currently prohibits. And I think we're, we might be very much be on the front end of shoring up the NIL Wild West that we keep hearing about and keep hearing guys talk about where, because right now it really is a total crapshoot, right? There's really no rules. There's really no, um, there's really no guidelines except, oh, you can't be directly involved, but we don't really know what that means. Um, and so having rulings like this, if they stand and if they go through, basically put in place the framework for schools to be directly involved with the NIL process. I don't think we're going to see schools directly pay players. What I do think we'll see is schools being in charge of the NIL process. And Matt Rule's kind of hinted at this before, where players are kind of out there on their own. They don't get a ton of guidance. They don't get a ton of of help navigating what's real and what's not and what's a promise and, and what's actually deliverable. If the schools can be involved directly, they can say, hey, this is from a a person that we trust, that we know. We can, you could probably even have employment contracts at this point where not only for NIL, but maybe for national letters of intent being a little bit more like an employment contract as well. Now, on that's beneficial for the player side for sure, but it would also probably limit some of the movement if you're talking about actual employment contracts and not kind of just these handshake deals like, yep, I'll give you a million dollars to come to school here and advertise for me, whatever, right? So that I think is, I, I think we are possibly, and, and TK in the, in the YouTube chat says the same thing. He says, we're going to see the college athletic union sometime in the future. If there's one thing that unions do, it's lobbies Congress, and I held dollars to Congress. Yeah. But, and that's, that's fair, but what it also means is if we've got a college athletic union, then there will be a uniform set of rules in which that's negotiated, much like the players' unions in our major sports leagues. They collectively bargain, and everybody plays by the same rules. To me, that is a major plus if, you are, if they're able to get that into place because that way it's not just this whole crapshoot. Now, listen, people are same like – in you know, we, we just saw Kansas City sign Bobby Wood Jr., right? They generally have not spent that kind of money because they're not a big market team. They haven't made that kind of money, right? But so there's going to be variations of that. Nebraska is going to pay people more than Iowa State probably. That's just how it's going to go. But everybody will be operating from the same set of rules, which I think is a major, major plus. And maybe, at least in college football, maybe the first time ever that's happened. We'll see if everybody operates. But well, fair. They, there's at least a chance. Right. <laughs> put an asterisk by that, uh, or an asterisk by that, uh, just for now. But no, you bring up a lot of good points there, and the big one for me, and this is, I've thought about this for a long time, and it comes on the heels of having a fiance that ran in college but didn't have a full ride scholarship, but mm-hmm. we attended a private school, and I, I, I've always said this, you know, it as as great as it is to play a sport, participate in an activity, whatever that may look like, the, the practice hours, the, the travel time, the working conditions, like all those type of things that athletes have to go through, the, the, the mandatory study halls, things of that nature, mm-hmm. 
like that's a job, right? Yeah. Like when you're a college athlete, you that like, like that's your job. For me, I didn't go to school to play a sport. So I was able to have a job, make a little side money, you know, all that jazz and, and figure out how to pay for school that way. Like I was, I, I officiate basketball games, you know, soccer games. You, I mean, we talk about me being a ref all the time on the show. Um, you know, I had jobs in the summer. I had my job at the local ESPN station in St. Louis, all these type of things. I was constantly working and constantly bringing in money mm -hmm. so that I could pay for school. Meanwhile, when you have an athlete, let's just say um, you're on scholarship and you make you're, the school, it, it costs 15 grand to go to, but your athletic scholarship per semester is only, you know, five grand. Well, and base, so, baseball is a great example of this, right? They don't have enough scholarships for their roster and you see especially in certain conferences in the south especially these are huge i mean these are money-making enterprises i get college baseball doesn't make money everywhere but just because like you said partial scholarship does not equal partial hours right and, and so when you're putting in all full-time hours mm -hmm. a full-time job and you're still not feeling that sort of reward. That's why I think these conversations are starting to happen more and more because, you know, at some point you have to look at it and think, man, if, if we broke down their hours per week, mm -hmm. it is much greater, much greater than 40 hours. Oh, much yeah. higher. Yeah. Cause you're doing two a days. You have team dinners, you have team meetings, you have film, you have all of these type of things. And if you're not playing a, a premier sport like football, and you are playing a sport like baseball or cross country or, or whatever that may be, you're not seeing the revenue that uh, will get you paid in full. And as you said, like I put the example out there for 5,000 per semester. And if you went to a $15,000 school, I mean, yeah, you're only paying five grand at that point, which is great. And, and, you know, maybe that's more in line with what we see with college education today, but there's plenty of people out there that don't even get close to that number no. that barely reach $2,000 for the full year yeah. to play their sport. And most and, places cost way more than 15,000 if you're not in state. And if you're breaking it down, mm -hmm. And, and you're, you're looking at, okay, this person's getting paid, let's just call it 50 cents, right? Like 50 cents a day to do this activity. Like, yes, they're doing what they love, but they're struggling at the same time because they aren't being treated as quote unquote employees. Mm -hmm. So like, that's their job again, to come full circle, an athlete in college, like your job is your sport. My job in college was an actual job mm -hmm. outside of you the school. You got paid for and so, you know, moving in this direction, I think, is a good thing. I think it's a long time coming. And I think it will be a huge stress reliever as we see the rising cost for education just keep going. Yeah. And, you know, we've only got a, uh, about 30 seconds left here. But it's a it's a really important, I think, conversation, especially for the non-revenue sports. Right. Because you mentioned all those responsibilities you have. You know, the one thing you didn't mention that is absolutely required of every one of these athletes actually classes right yeah. on top of all of that you still and listen online helps some in terms of of time management and stuff like that you can be a little bit more flexible but you still have to take a full class load and be passing those classes to stay eligible and i get they have tutors and help and stuff like that but man there is it is a minimum full-time job and you're probably putting in a pretty good amount of overtime 
as well. We will continue and wrap up hour number one here on Herd Sports Radio. Coming up next. <laughs> 